you can't take away ai from anything to be honest in the coming years ai will will be there by default in in any product that is being developed because things are getting automated in a faster pace and ai is almost everywhere Welcome, guys, to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human and AI, Mind Machines and the Gradient Descent. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate your time with us. We are Alex and Uli, moderators of today's session. And our today's awesome mind is Vijay Praveen Maharajan, who calls himself a data storyteller. He's a TEDx speaker, 40 under 40 data scientist in India, and drives data analytics in Siemens Mobility. Bam, super interesting. Wejays, we are super stoked to talk to you and hear your story and insights on the impact of AI. And uh, enough said, I guess we get the ball rolling, Alex, isn't it? Yeah, yeah uh, surely. Wejay, uh, thanks for taking uh, some time with us. How are you and where do we catch you today? Hey, Alex and hi, Uli. I'm, I'm doing really good. I'm, I'm equally interested and excited as you guys. Uh, enjoying the <laughs> sunny weather in Munich. I'm sitting close to Musach in uh, Munich, and I'm really looking forward to interact with you guys today. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, and maybe uh, to start off, we prepared a, a small little game. So, if you would need to pick one of the following two, what would it be? Are you more into coffee or tea? Uh, I'm definitely a coffee person. I mean, coming from India, uh, obviously people love both the things. But I am kind of a coffee guy. <laughs> nice. I can totally relate to this. I usually drink up to four four cups a day. <laughs> the next question would be, uh, are you vegetarian or a meat eater? Uh, definitely a meat eater. Uh, obviously, living in, <laughs> <laughs> living in Germany since 2013. Uh, so I, I, I was eating meat right from my days in India. So it's, it's not that I developed that habit from my living in Germany. So yes. I'm a meat lover. Okay, maybe for the next question, uh, if you had to choose one digital companion, would it be Alexa or Siri? Ah, uh, that's Siri for me. <laughs> I do have a MacBook and iPhone, so yes, I go with Siri. Nice. And the last question: If you play a game, would it be soccer or cricket? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm an Indian. I come from India. So the obvious answer is cricket. <laughs> so I play cricket. And, and you're also playing right uh, cricket in, in Germany, right? So, uh, you know. Yes, I, I play cricket here in Germany as well. I play for uh, the cricket club of Bayern in Munich, which is, again, uh, sponsored by the German cricket board. Awesome. So uh, sports is kind of interesting, right? Because sports is also, you know, skill-based and uh, especially team sports, right? You know, that means you need certain kinds of skill. What makes it special playing cricket? What kind of skills are needed, you know, to be a, a great cricket player? Is it just being really awesome in batting or what do you like on, on cricket and what kind of skills are needed? Uh, I would say it's, it's all about taking one ball at a time. So if, if you look at the legends, they take one game at a time. So it's all about capitalizing the moments. So it's not just about the batting or bowling. It is about a complete uh, set of skills. You need to be calm and composed. And since it's, it's a long game, I mean, it's not like a football 
where it, it ends in uh, in a quick duration it it sometimes takes a day or two <laughs> to to finish a game so it needs mental strength as well thanks yeah that's really interesting and maybe for the audience my next question would be could you describe in a couple of minutes who are you and how did you end up at Siemens Mobility in Bavaria so i'm i'm vijay pravin maharajan as you introduced me i come from south of india southern parts of india i come from city called tirunelveli down south in india and i did my bachelor's in india afterwards i came for my masters to germany so i graduated from technical university of munich so that is how i ended up in germany in the first place and then initially i was working with telefonica and then had a short stint with volkswagen and then yeah presently i work for siemens mobility for uh, close to 2 years now and yeah i'm i'm enjoying it actually <laughs> Yeah, great. You're referring to yourself also as a data storyteller, right? That's kind of interesting. What is that? And and uh, maybe what is the most impact story, right? Impactful story uh, to tell, and and why why is that? Yeah, I, I always believe in stories. I mean, stories connects the data and it conveys a proper message. So if you look at the impactful story that I have addressed, it it should be my TEDx talk, obviously, because getting a TEDx opportunity. and also being the first indian to be invited for a tedx talk here in germany below 30 is one of the greatest achievement i, I would rate myself into it i mean uh, so far the video has got a good traction i mean it has already crossed 130000 views on youtube and even in the tedx platform i spoke a lot about uh, the data that is pertaining to india where i come from in particular I, i spoke a lot about climate and sustainability and also the angsters in india how they can join forces together mm -hmm. but here is interesting so you also are a 40 under 40 data scientist in india right how the heck can someone if you know out of the audience become you know step in your footprints here <laughs> so like how do you get a 40 under 40 data scientist and you know what what is the sharing you want would out to the young folks out there you know what kind of skills and aspirations are needed in order to grow like you in in this kinds of fields right can you share something yeah for sure for sure i mean of, for everyone i mean it's it's always a learning so for me uh, even 2020 has been treating a lot of people in an awful way in terms of i mean covid but for me 2020 is is being kind so far so i have got back a couple of awards this year being the 40 and the 40 data scientists in india so i would say uh, it's always good to practice what you are good at so to become a good data scientist i would strongly recommend someone to have a solid background in statistics uh, maybe pick up some uh, good python coding skills on the way and then to have some analytical thinking so that brings in a whole new addition to this data science perspective and at the end of the day you should also be in a position to take key decisions so i would recommend any youngster to always believe in giving back to the society as well so you learn a lot by giving it to the society
Thanks. Yeah, that's a really good point of view and also really interesting, I think. Another question would be, so you mentioned your TED Talk and there you are also speaking about India. For us, it's really interesting to get an impression. How do you see India and the role of AI in its aspirations in the future? India, I mean, um, the AI, artificial intelligence or be it data analytics, haven't superseded like in the countries of US or Europe. I mean, it is still early days in India, but I have seen a lot of uh, tremendous growth, particularly when it comes to AI products in India in the recent years. So if you look back, if you look at the past five years, let's say from 2015 or 2014, I have seen a tremendous growth and a lot of people are talking about AI and uh, data products in India, which is a welcoming change. Which problems are like maybe the most important one uh, you think should be solved by AI in India? Uh, if we talk about India and, and you know, if you look on the, on the national AI strategy in India, right, urban sustainable development is one of the leading challenges, right? Can you share some kind of learnings? You know, how do, how do we tackle that with a technology such as AI, right? Uh, does data, data-driven insight, you know, help? And, and what kind of cases are there, right? And where can AI or technology around the machine learning and data analytics make a difference towards um, the, uh, the strategy? Um, I mean, AI, uh, as I said, it's, it's been in the bus uh, in, in, let's say, the news or in the technology and in the industries in the recent times. So if you look at Microsoft, they have heavily invested, particularly in AI and also in India. So uh, let's say, I'll, I'll give you an example. That is Bengaluru and Pune, which are uh, one of the two most, I mean, uh, it's, it's one of the metropolitan cities in India which are always facing water problems. So AI has been used in tackling these water issues and infrastructure management, let's say, and also coming back to a vital point, which is farming. Because even by the end of 2017, almost half of India's population relied on farming. So agriculture was one of the main streams. It is still one of the main source of income for many Indians. So usage of AI in climate change, let's say prediction and recommendation models is helping those farmers a lot. And another use case is, of course, solar energy. I mean, India is, you people know better than me how how hot is India. So you people do vacations in India, right? So uh, even there are a lot of AI advancements in solar energy as well. So yeah, you're talking about this development, but uh, like Stephen Hawking said, everything is connected. No one thing can change by itself. So this growth economically is probably also interlinked with climate change. I'm in interested in how do you think can one tackle this challenge? Yeah, I guess you have uh, uh, taken the exact... So it shows that you have listened to my TEDx talk. <laughs> thanks, thanks for yeah, that. Sure. So uh, I would say... Climate change and economic growth goes hand in hand. I mean, let's say if, if the climate change is drastic and it may lead to a damage in property or infrastructure, which directly impacts the economic growth of any, any nation. So it directly impairs the productivity in some cases and um, hazards like, uh, I mean, natural calamities like 
hurricanes, earthquakes. So these can cause a huge impact to any economy. So let's roll back a few years. Uh, even India was heavily hit by tsunami. So to, to come back and to stand up from that, it needed some time and money as well. So for sure, we need to keep an eye on climate change. Otherwise, we'll end up in losing a lot of valuable things. Yeah, so if we look in the current development of machine learning, or let's say if you know it's it's mostly driven by you know a lot of GPUs, I guess, or compute power, but also a lot of data, <laughs> right? So uh, data-driven insights and data-driven decisions, you know, are dominating and being more and more decision processes have been dominated by that, right? And supplementing it, augmenting it, right? Um, and and this reflects also, you know, a recent study on on, on Price Waterhouse Cooper, right, on the impact of AI in India, where, uh, you know, uh, given their study, like the majority, like 75% of Indian business decision makers would prefer to have, you know, purely AI advisors, you know, we call them companion, right? And, mm -hmm. or at least, a com you know, a combination of it um, to make their promotion decisions, right? Um, and, you know, seem to be really close, right? Something that directly has an impact on, <laughs> on the virtual, you know, level. So it means it seems to be, right, uh, and if, if I talk to my, a bit of older folks, right, they would say like, what, a technical decision, you know, would take over those kinds of decisions? I don't want to have that. But if you talk to younger folks, they are purely okay because they say like, hey, this is a more rational, there's the more evidence-based decisions, right? Does this, it seems to be that, you know, the, the folks out there are super positive, you know, in, in you know, <laughs> given some decision mm -hmm. process mm -hmm. to technical system. Does that reflect somehow really the positivity and the openness across the entire, you know, India? Is uh, you're being open that on new technology uh, development that come very close uh, to human? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, India, and considering the huge workforce that we have, uh, they are always open to new technologies. So if you look at uh, some of the world leading companies, they have Indians on, on let's say, uh, board level or top level. So you can name it. I mean, Google is uh, led by Sundar Pichai, who is from India, and Microsoft is led by Satya Nadella, who is from India. And there are a lot of other companies as well, let's say PepsiCo and many, a lot more companies are, are led by uh, Indian people, which is a good sign already. So that clearly shows a sign of, of uh, adaptability and thinking ahead. So, and especially when it comes to AI, as I said, it is currently uh, a buzzword in India and especially in a country like India, which is densely populated. So if somebody takes in something, people go crazy. <laughs> and that, that has been the case of late. So I'm not sure whether you have followed this news recently. So Mukesh Ambani from India, he's now become the fifth richest man in the world, surpassing a lot of legends in the recent times. So that is again because of um, I mean, he's basically into, uh, he's a brilliant entrepreneur from India. So he's into petroleum industry in the past. He's into telecommunications and he also do, does retail businesses. And now he has got interesting acquisitions with Google, Facebook and Microsoft. So not all these three companies invested in a single firm. So this happened 
just recently just a couple of weeks back so google invested heavily on uh, reliance geo facebook invested huge amount of money as well microsoft is the same and even they are in talks with amazon and apple as well in terms of collaboration so that that was was a crazy uh, thing that happened in india last weeks or so and i'm i'm pretty much happy uh, that things are getting together at the moment because if, if tech giants are investing heavily in in an indian company then you know what is coming <laughs> coming in the future so we are excited uh, for the coming years yeah that's probably also why chef bezos most recently called out this is the indian century right and speaking of this what are your thoughts and and what uh, does the role of the youth of india play Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Jeff Bezos. If I'm right, he, he visited India at the beginning of this year, and uh, he said the same uh, at the event. I mean, he said this 21st century belongs to India. So I, I would totally agree to his point of view. Uh, the reason is, if you look at the average age of India in 2020 this year, it is around 28 years, which is massive. I mean, a country which has so many people, I mean, like it is the second most populated country in the world. And if you look at the average age of India, it is just 28 now. And even by 2050, it just goes to 35 to 38, which is again an awesome stuff. So I would say uh, if things are put together in a proper way and if people are led in, in a proper direction, then for sure, uh, this century is going to be a, an Indian century. Because as I clearly mentioned, uh, Indians are already there in, in, in a lot of tech firms doing good uh, in their respective positions. So if this is going to be the case, then you can see a flurry of uh, Indians everywhere. I mean, even now, if I go out uh, for some coffee or uh, some restaurants, um, people will readily ask, are you into IT? <laughs> are you an Indian? So that's that's the two set of questions that I always get from anybody who <laughs> who meets me in, in the public. So there's like this enormous potential, but do you what is your take? How do you foster collaboration in, in this large community and combine all the superpowers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is always gonna be crucial. I mean, like uh, if if you look at the the wealth of population that owns a mobile, um this is not so good so people need to be in the digital space so that is what these tech giants are trying to do in india so uh, regarding the investment that google and facebook has invested in an indian firm it is all about taking the internet and uh, giving them access to social media so if that is the right case and if that is the right direction then i believe that people will join forces so with social media, that is uh, another uh, positive impact. Any any sort of news travels faster than air. <laughs> so anything that happens in north of India reaches south of India within minutes. So back in olden days, it, it was never the case. So if, if something has happened in Kashmir or uh, Punjab, the people down south probably took some days to realize that such thing has happened. But with social media, nobody is, is going to escape. 
so that is the beautiful thing i mean everybody is being watched so that is all what people are slowly realizing and that is good for the country's situation as well so it is good for politics it is good for the economy and uh, people getting educated uh, more and more is actually good for the country it connects the people right it's uh, somehow you know not not only on a physical track but also on a virtual track and um and being yes. transparency or at least accessibility of insights and information and data and so is actually connectivity also on the mobility side right i i guess siemens yeah. is uh, you know can exactly. be almost seen as a as an indian company isn't it right <laughs> because it has that kind of an uh, history right how do you see you know the pace in in the change yeah. in mobility in india and and maybe also in siemens in the mobility where you are currently working <laughs> as you, as you said uh, siemens is typically like an indian firm i mean it has its offices all across india i mean if you look at Uh, some of the metropolitan cities siemens is there everywhere it is in chennai it is in bengaluru pune so since siemens has this wide range of applications so you say from home appliances wind power mobility so siemens is able to penetrate to a wide audience in india so a lot of people can relate siemens so since they have some home appliances or since they use some wind or power applications at home so that's the case with siemens in india but coming back to uh, the data products in siemens mobility it's it's doing good i mean since the carved out siemens mobility is now a separate entity that most of the people are uh, still uh, not yet aware of to be honest but if if you look at the data products i mean if if somebody is closely related to siemens mobility then i would say they they should be knowing about religion which is rail plus intelligent which is an intelligent platform that we provide to our customers and clients where we do a lot of prediction models availabilities and reliabilities so it's getting in a good shape and to be honest it's i'm i'm happy to be a part of this amazing team at siemens mobility I'm looking forward for the challenges. So to summarize, one could say that the role of AI in mobility itself is increasing, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, <laughs> AI you can't take away ai from anything to be honest in the coming years ai will will be there by default in in any product that is being developed because things are getting automated in a faster pace and ai is, is almost everywhere and particularly when it comes to mobility uh, we work with trains that that are being used by by the public in our day to day lives so that is the good good thing about working for siemens mobility because if you look at the ai products most of them are uh, i mean like pocs or they don't go into production but in siemens mobility what we are doing is it's more or less getting into the production and things are getting installed and monitored day and night 24/7 which is a good thing so what we are doing is being reflected to the public 
Mm -hmm. Can you share some of the use cases or applications? You know, I guess, you know, if, if people out there talk about, you know, mobility and AI, they say like, oh, yeah, are you doing autonomous driving or stuff like that? But obviously, if you work then, you know, in, in trains and production, you know, other use cases also arise, right? Can you share some, what are the typical applications that you see, right, which are data fueled or, you know, are they, can you share something? For sure. So uh, there is this prediction of maintenance schedules, which is coming in handy for a lot of mobility makers, change makers in the world. And there is this availability of trains. So we are making sure that a train is available. So that is one of the good aspects when it comes to uh, travel. So a lot of people are using trains. Trains are almost unavoidable. I mean, globally, people are using trains and we are making sure that train is available and it is also reliable to a certain point. So these sorts of use cases makes it look good to any provider, let's say. So Deutsche Bahn and you, you name it across the globe. Since Siemens has its branches all across the globe, we have the capabilities and we are working in close cooperation with almost a lot of I mean, mobility businesses across the globe. Mm-hmm. I guess what it's called the ecosystem, right? And this gains more and more importance, right? That you somehow shift from a pure, you know, I, I develop something, your user, here's a product, you are the user. But it's rather, I don't know, it almost feels like a community, right? Especially if you have a, you know, entering, let's say, the platform economy, you know, with certain offerings, whether it's, you know, on your side, I guess, Rayleigh and stuff like that. So you are all that, uh, speaking of communities, right, instead of users and communities are established via ecosystems, right? You have now actually a great overview, you know, you know about the European ecosystem, so also the AI and, and, you know, the community around there. And you see also maybe, you know, have a good spore on the ecosystem in India. What's the pros and cons on both sides? Or what do you, you know, what, where do you gain the most of different natures out there? Can you share some learnings? So if, if you look at advancements in AI, particularly in Europe or, or in a developed nation like in US or Canada, it is well advanced. But if you look at trains or mobility business in a country like in India, it is, it still needs a pat at its back. So just recently, India have announced a collaboration with a private company when it comes to mobility business. So it took all these years for uh, India to realize that we need joint forces. I mean, of course, government cannot handle all the things and particularly in a country like in India, it is so huge. And the railway network is, is one of the huge networks uh, in the world. So to manage that, they need close collaboration or cooperation when it comes to new technologies or uh, new companies. So that is where company like Siemens can be benefited and a company, a lot of technologies can be incorporated into uh, business in India. So I would say it is still in its early days when it comes to mobility businesses in India. But, I mean, taking away the trains, if you look at the other uh, mobility aspects, a lot of cities in India now has this Uber, Ola, and uh, all sorts of cash, car sharing stuffs, which is really handy for uh, people to travel from one place to another. So uh, I would say it's since it's early days in India, we cannot come to a conclusion, but for sure, uh, we are excited about <laughs> the usage of AI particularly in uh, mobility businesses in India. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so we were talking about like the ecosystem, right? But the most important part of an ecosystem is obviously the people. And one key aspect for them to participate is that they get educated in artificial intelligence. So I'm wondering, do you have any educational courses for people who are, uh, want to get involved into the field of AI and educate themselves? For sure. I mean, uh, starting from this COVID situation, India, I mean, not just India, almost everybody are uh, facing this lockdown times. So I always advise people to take up courses and upskill themselves. So particularly platforms like Linda, for instance, Udemy, Coursera, and Udacity. So they can make use of this COVID situation. They can learn something new which is actually good because we have a lot of time at the moment. So a lot of students are studying online. A lot of people are working from home. So the time is flexible. So you have that option where you can take an hour or two in between to do some extracurricular activity or co-curricular activity. So I have always advised people to take up such things apart from what they study or what they do at work. So they can make use of this COVID situation for sure. Yeah, that's a good point, I think. So we're almost at the end, sadly. But before we wrap up, uh, we want to have a second small game. So I will have a starter phrase and we would like you to finish them as soon as possible. Um, are you ready? Yeah, <laughs> it looks interesting. Let me see. So the first one is Siemens is... Ah. Okay, Siemens is, I would say, it's, it's one of the best employers in the world. <laughs> okay, I, I can agree. The second one would be sustainability to society is... Um, sustainability to society is, is really important uh, to remain healthy over a long term. Uh, this is what needed to the society. Okay, and innovation is? Um, I, I would say innovation is a process it is it is of doing things not just about thinking so it is it is the only way to win <laughs> and since you have a mobility background what is your favorite means of transport oh i mean i i love traveling so for sure it has to be a car <laughs> I'm, i'm a big fan of cars so being in munich being in germany Uh, for sure, I'm a big fan of uh, BMWs, Audis and uh, Volkswagens, so whatnot. Uh, we are the leading automakers in the world, right? <laughs> so, yes. So I have a really last sentence for you. My personal superpower is? Mm, it's making feel special, I would say. <laughs> That is a very intensive and a very special superpower. That's pretty awesome. Vijay! Thanks so much for being and spending time and, you know, spending time with you and sharing some of your views and interesting views in AI. And folks out there, stay tuned. There is so much to come. Stay bold, committed, open-minded, and hear you at the next Siemens AI Lab podcast. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm.